Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Hi, I'm James Kotecki, and you are with me in the C-Space studio here at CES 2020. With us is Pato Spagnoletto, Senior Vice President, Head of Growth Marketing at Hulu. Welcome to Thank you. the studio. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And we're here to talk about sports. Um, Hulu has live sports. I know this because I've seen the commercials, but for those maybe who haven't, or just to contextualize it, what is the scope, for example, of, of sports on Hulu right now? Well, the scope of sports on Hulu is similar as you would have on traditional television, Hulu has live TV, and with live TV, you get all the sports that comes with it, football, basketball, and so on and so forth. So we are a provider of those live sports to our subscribers. And uh, am I, are you the sole source of, of sporting entertainment? For, for the casual sports fan who wants to see a little bit of everything, maybe there's some obscure cricket games I have to get on specific channels, but can I kind of scratch my sports, sports itch, so, so to speak, by just being a, a Hulu customer? Yeah, absolutely. Again, if you are a um, subscriber of any traditional cable, you are used to what you would get on TV mm-hmm. for sports. So that is exactly the experience that you get on Hulu um, across the country. So Hulu's about innovation, but what you're comparing yourselves to, in this case, is live sports on traditional TV, because that's what most people are aware of. So when you talk about putting sports on Hulu, how important is it to kind of replicate that traditional experience? And then how important is it to just throw out that experience and just do something new because you can, because you're Hulu and you're streaming? Yeah. Well, you definitely don't want to jar the experience too much, right? (laughs) Consumers are used to a certain experience. Sports is consumed in a very specific way. Having said that, there are certain things that we can do on our platform that are just very unique. For example, when you onboard on the Hulu platform, you get to pick what are the teams that you are um, rooting for, mm-hmm. and so we can give you specific alerts. Uh, same thing for Olympics. You can tailor the experience in a way that you just could not with a traditional television. So that's just one of the examples that we, uh, we uh, kind of advance the experience without drawing it too much. And but just thinking about the future and looking into the crystal ball maybe, how, how customized or tailored could the sports experience really get? If I'm a fan of one team versus another, could I be seeing coverage of that event, camera angles at that event, um, interviews with certain athletes that are my preference versus someone else watching the same game but getting it in a different way? Yeah, absolutely. So we've done actually some of that uh, with some college football last season where we gave access to different camera angles mm-hmm. throughout the game. Now, to state the obvious, you are at the mercy of what is out there and what is available through the people who are actually producing the content. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that there are the different camera angles, we can ingest that content and put it on the service. Beyond what they do, you know, services like Hulu and many others are actually starting to see on how you can create this as more of a social environment so that you can root for a team in a way that a digital platform can give you that a traditional one probably would not. So uh, talk to me about advertising in live sports on Hulu. Does it look the same as I would get on traditional TV? Are there different innovative things that you can do there too? For live sports, it's fairly similar to traditional television. The uh, pods are the same pods that you would have in traditional television. Exactly. And in fact, most of those pods are sold through the networks. Hulu does have a component in there through our uh, digital advertising insertion programs. But those ad products, unlike the SVOD ad products where we have more customization, feel fairly Mm -hmm. traditional. Mm -hmm. And 
what does your data say, though, about who watches those ads, how they watch those ads? Because obviously with Hulu, you can get a lot of great data and give that back to the advertisers for them to use. Yeah, you know, that's one of the great things that we have for our advertising partners is that with that data, we can tell them exactly what the audience is, not just for a general sport, but when you get down to specifics to a league, a team, mm -hmm. a DMA, we can take that data and help customize that so that the advertiser can in turn provide a more relevant advertising message to the consumer. And are there any counterintuitive things that you can share uh, that you've looked at the data and are kind of surprising based on how people are actually consuming this content or this advertising? Well, a couple of things. One is the platform obviously is on living room devices, it's on mobile. Uh, mobile consumption is very high, but it's in bursts, which kind of makes sense if you think mm. about it. You're on the go, you don't want to miss a certain play, and so you get on your phone. Yeah. So that continuity of the, of the experience is something that's unique, that's kind of interesting. Um, beyond sports, what we've learned is because we do have our asphalt platform, is sports you want to consume live. And that is uh, almost a non-optional thing for our subscribers. But aside from sports, a lot of the other content is not consumed live. And that's what makes us very unique in our space, that we have the 85,000 episodes of our asphalt library combined with a live experience. And so that creates a very, very unique uh, proposition. And this brings up an interesting question, just with the explosion of content in the world in general, much of it driven by places like Hulu, and you're producing your own great original content, you have a lot of other shows on the platform there, there's just more competition for people than ever before. So maybe a Sunday night football game doesn't get the same draw, or maybe it does. So how do you think about, I don't know, self-cannibalization, or just how many people are actually watching sports, especially as they skew younger and maybe have different media consumption habits? Yeah, it's a good question. The story's a little bit nuanced. For sports, what we're seeing is that there's a shift on the platform, not necessarily a decline in consumption. Mm. So yes, you want to consume it through traditional cable, now you're consuming on platforms like Hulu and many others. Um, the shift is different for non-sport or non-live events, where that has decreased dramatically as people are just moving to more on-demand content through mm -hmm. platforms like Hulu. Mm -hmm. um, and so you mentioned that people can kind of engage socially or they're probably watching a game and maybe tweeting to their friends or texting about it or things like that. So how does Hulu kind of integrate with that kind of social engagement? What things can you do because you're a digital streaming service? Yeah, look, it's early earnings uh, innings for us. Um, we've tried a few things in terms of uh, integration with social platforms. We're learning about what consumers want because there's really a fine line in terms of giving subscribers the capability to do that without forcing it, or even worse, disrupting what they're actually there to do, which is consume the live event. So you see a ton of pop-up things on the screen. Yeah, you don't want that, right? There's a lot of yeah. platforms who have tried that, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, for a specific segment, it might work well. We want to be a platform that is for all subscribers, and so the things that we'll put out there, we want to make sure that is accretive to the experience, not mm -hmm. just a distraction to it. If you looked way into the future, do you think you'd see sports being produced in the same way. You mentioned you're kind of at the mercy of the producers, right? Yeah. The TV timeouts are there for a reason because linear TV has long had those. And obviously linear TV is, is not going away anytime soon. But do you think if, if the bulk of sports consumption was happening on streaming platforms, let's say we never had linear TV and it started today, you might not do things the same way, right? So will streaming you know, fundamentally change some of the ways that sports are produced? And this is just kind of a guess looking into the future, I suppose. Yeah, it definitely is a guess. Um, I think the answer is yes over a long period of time. Again, you want to have an incremental changes to the, to the advertiser as well as to the consumer in yeah. the process. But look, there's a lot of platforms out there that are really rethinking how sports are consumed. 
Um, and we just want to make sure that we're doing that in context of what's best for our, our users. But it's fascinating. I mean, if you think about it, think about a sport like soccer where it's really hard to insert advertising because there are no timeouts, yep. right? Um, what could a platform like Hulu do to have messages that are interactive throughout the game without disrupting it. That's where you think it gets, it gets uh, really, really interesting for, for everyone in the space. And of course, potentially targeted to the individuals exactly. uh, who are watching that game. Do you see the connection between people watching something on Hulu and their expectations of that experience? And maybe, it, does it, well, actually, you had a commercial, never watch t you know, Hulu because it'll ruin live TV forever. Does right. watching sports on Hulu kind of change the way people expect to see other kinds of content on TV? Um, it does, and I think it'll get better. So look, expectation number one is it needs to work. And that sounds really basic, but for a lot of digital providers like ourselves, it is a different step, but it's a different experience. So if we're going to ask users to come to our platform, it just needs to work. Mm -hmm. And we've done a lot of investment to make sure that we meet that minimum bar so that when you turn it on, it is the exact experience that you want. Past that, it's about... Uh, delighting and surprising subscribers with experiences that are a little bit different. So maybe we can have some shoulder content, maybe we can have some, shoulder, some uh, social interactions, but we, we don't want to move too far ahead that we lose our consumers in the process. Yeah, obviously your clients are advertisers and that's who you're working with. Are there certain kinds of ads, certain kinds of brands that work better when you're streaming sports versus when you're just watching it on linear TV, or is it basically the same kind of advertisers just looking to reach sports viewers in different platforms? Yeah, I think it's, it's honestly, it's the same type of advertiser. The difference is not about whether it's on sports or not. The difference is around the data that we can provide our advertisers so that they can better target. Now yeah. that target could happen through sports or live or news or whatever mm -hmm. else it might be, but it's really that data that provides a better experience on the back end. And how does it connect to sports on-demand content, like a sports documentary, for example, or an interview show that you don't necessarily have to watch live? How can those things connect to the live experience that people are having in sports? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually a great example of a lot of things that we do, right? So if we know that there's an event that's coming up, we'll look into our library from the SVOS side mm -hmm. so that we can create a collection so that if you're really interested yeah. in that sport, we can give you documentaries, we can give you whatever it is, content that is ingested that is not live, that is leading up to and then following the live event. So now all of a sudden you can make a, what would have been an hour event, a two hour event because you're really into it if you so choose, right? So, um, so you're from a streaming platform. I'm probably gonna ask the same question to everybody. Uh, have anything to do with streaming this year? There's a lot of streaming platforms out there, and I know this is not the first time you've gotten this question. What's, what's happening here? How, is, is, are, how many streaming platforms do you expect an individual consumer or viewer to realist, realistically subscribe to or purchase before they get burnt down and frankly start missing the old traditional cable package? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Look, right now our um, consumers are telling us that they are willing to subscribe up to uh, four services. That number is inching up. Hmm. But there's a lot more than four services, right? Even in the major players, there's more than four services. So it has to be driven by content. It has to be driven by the experience. We feel like we're in a good spot. Um, being part of the Disney family, there's a lot of great content. We have a great value proposition between live and SVOD. So um, we'll see how the chips fall. I think competition makes us all better. Uh, this year alone, we have two new players coming into the space in the first couple of quarters. So. Um, we welcome it, and we'll see. Look, at the end of the day, the consumer has to be happy, right? Because to your point, if you get to five or seven services and you don't know what show is on what platform, then yep. honestly, we all lose. Yep. Uh, but uh, I think we're hoping that we all win in 2020. What's one thing you're really excited about for 2020 that we haven't discussed yet? 
Well, honestly, it's actually what we just discussed. I think there are just so many changes happening. There's people moving out of traditional into SVOD. There's more players. There's more content. And subscribers and consumers are open to it. We need to be very respectful of that. I'm very excited about it because I feel that Hulu is in a great position. There is a lot of competition, a lot of great content, but from where we sit, we have continued to stay focused on what's important to us. And, you know, knock on wood, so far so good. It's worked in terms of our growth from a subscriber base, from an advertiser base, and uh, from everybody uh, around, so. Well, Pato Spagnoletto, thank you so much for joining me here. Thank you very much. This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network. 